Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Let me see a show of hands of everyone who has ever made a bad decision. Hmm, yes, I see I've got lots of company. Must be something in the water or in the world that causes us to take leave of our senses from time to time and just mess things up. Dr. Jennings is here via Skype to help those of us who have made bad decisions but can't seem to get over our mistakes. This should be interesting. Dr. Jennings, what do we need to know? This is a really important topic, and you can imagine in my practice, I see this all the time. Oh, man, yeah. We're going to talk about decision-making, but the first thing to realize is that we've all made bad decisions. Yeah. The difference between the mature, you might even say the godly, and the immature or the ungodly is not that the mature godly never make a bad decision, and the immature or ungodly make all of them. That's not the case. Yeah. Everybody sometimes makes bad decisions. Here's the difference. The mature take responsibility for their bad decisions, will evaluate their choices, will identify what was unhealthy, what was destructive, where the error occurred in decision-making, will learn from their mistakes, will update their decision-making so that they reduce and or stop making the same bad decisions over and over again. The immature or the ungodly do not learn, do not take responsibility, deny, distort, blame, externalize, avoid, will not learn from it, will not update their decision-making, will not seek to repair damage that they've caused, and will persist in making the same bad decisions over and over again. That is the core difference, not the decision itself, but how do we deal with our own selves in the aftermath of a bad decision? That's the first thing to recognize. So we all make bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. Why is it some people are able to learn and update and move forward and mature and reduce the frequency and other people are not? What's the core difference between those two groups? It's not about IQ points. I've mm -hmm. seen people with really high IQs make repeated bad decisions. Yes. It has to do with how we process the consequences. Mm -hmm. And you see, what causes people to avoid standing their ground, dealing with the bad decision, taking ownership, is some pain or discomfort from the bad decision. The root of it is fear, fear of embarrassment, fear of financial loss, fear of a relationship breakup, guilt, shame, a fear of not being liked anymore. And so after the bad decision, there's some humiliation to one's ego, to one's pride, uh, a consequence that one might have to bear. And so instead of facing that and dealing with it, there's often denial, distortion, blaming, excuse-making, or just running away and not even looking at it off into something new so you don't even want to reflect on that bad scenario, that bad thing, because it's too painful even to think about and just off into something new to distract yourself. I was thinking, where do you go? Who do you see? And you're saying, no, look inside you. Start a process inside of you as you mentally deal with what you just did. Am I right track saying that? Yes. The After the bad decision, it's important that we just simply stop. Yes and reflect. Yes. So here's a truism. You ready for a truism? I'm ready. I'm ready. You can never avoid the truth. You can only delay the day you deal with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's very apropos these days, isn't it, Dr. Jennings? Right. And, and that's reality. And yeah. the longer you delay, the worse it usually is by the time you deal with it. So learning, I don't know if you remember the old Andy Griffith show, 
Barney Fife, nip it in the bud. Nip it, nip it, nip it, nip it. <laughs> nip it. Okay? There is a lot of wisdom in that. When there's a problem, if you deal with it early, it has taken less root. There's less consequences. You resolve it more quickly. The longer you persist in, in the problem, the worse it gets. One of my professors in my residency said, if you find yourself in a hole, quit digging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't make it worse. Don't dig it deeper. Yeah, yeah. You see, you're digging your hole deeper. Yep, yeah, yep. stop it. So we've all made mistakes, but if we can learn simply to be a lover of truth and you step and go, wait, stop, what's the truth? You know, that was mine. That was my bad. There's so many people who can't actually own it was theirs and they can't own it because deeply inside they are so afraid that they won't be liked, that people won't want them around, that they're so terrified that they'll be rejected, that they have such a high level of denial. And it's because they really don't like themselves truly inside. Yeah. Okay, so when a bad decision is made and you recognize that, whoa, that was silly, I should not have done that, that was awful, the first thing you need to do is say that. Oh, I made a mistake. That was wrong. I shouldn't do that. What's step number two? Yeah, so you own it. And then think about life as a series of problems to solve. Mm -hmm. If you were taking a math class, yeah, yeah, would you have problems to work? Every day, yes. Would you expect to get every one of them right? No. And as you made a mistake, got some wrong, what would you do? What, what action would you take when you got your paper back and you realized there was five you got wrong? Wouldn't you take time to examine those ones you got wrong to identify where and why you got them wrong? Wouldn't you do that? Absolutely. To do that, Dr. Jennings, you have to have some kind of standard to, to use, some kind of guide to use as you delve into why you made that mistake and what happened. Right. And so there are laws of math. And you have to know the laws of math, which are constants. They're not just made up silly things. That's right. just the way the mathematical laws work. And if you know those laws, that's the standard. And so you have to know God's design laws for life. And God's design laws are the standard upon which we can look to see whether something is accurate or true. But back to the math example, you identify the decision-making, see where the error, see we're out of harmony with the laws of math. And then you update and go, oh, next time I see that this is the rule, the math principle I bring to bear. And you use that and you reduce your mistake in decision-making. Now, what happens if you did this, though? You took a math class and you were afraid of making mistakes. You live in fear of, you know, you're one of those people who wants to be perfect and you never want to make mistakes. And so you find a teacher who will give you all the answers. And, and so you go in and you know the test is coming and you memorize 28 special answers because there's 28 questions on the test. Mm -hmm. And they give you the answers and you memorize them. And when the test comes, you write them down and you get them all right. Do you know how to do math? No. No. And this is how many people are with their theology and their doctrines and their Bible truths. They don't want to get anything wrong. They want to get it right. So they go to their church or they go to their pastor or their priest and they say, tell me the answers. What are the answers? And they memorize their particular creed, their particular fundamental belief, their particular doctrines. They memorize them and they've got the answers now. They still don't know how to problem solve. And the Bible says in Hebrews 5.14, the mature are those who develop by practice the ability to discern the right from the wrong. And so the next thing people have to do is they have to stop being afraid of making mistakes. You see, the person in a math example that just memorized the answers, they were afraid yes. to make a mistake, so they didn't want to work the problem because they didn't want to get it wrong. They think making mistakes is bad. Many Christians think making mistakes is bad. No, choosing evil is bad. Mm. 
making mistakes when you're honestly doing your best and, and applying all the abilities you know how to do with a clear conscience and seeking God's wisdom, making mistakes is part of growth, development, and advancement. You can't, you can't learn to play the piano without hitting bad notes. You can't learn to golf without missing some swings. You can't learn anything. You can't do, learn to do math without getting problems wrong. You cannot develop to be a critical reasoning person and problem solve without actually getting some problems wrong. There's nothing bad about making innocent and honest mistakes as you're learning to master decision-making. You're doing your best and it doesn't turn out well. You get the problem wrong. You hit the wrong note. The child is doing their piano lessons and then they go for their recital. And during the recital, they hit the wrong note. They made a mistake. Do they get punished for that? No. No, they don't get punished for okay, that. Okay, so what they get punished for is purposeful disobedience. Okay, all right, okay. okay. People come to conclude, okay, I got punished because I did that wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. What they got punished for was actually in some form of disobedience or rebelliousness, if it's a healthy home, not for the actual poor performance. Kids who are applying themselves and doing well but uh, get math problems wrong, now, it could feel that way. Yeah. You, you're doing your best, and you get your test back, and you get a D on your test. Yeah. Are you being punished? No, they're being honest. <laughs> That's what you earned. No. You're not being punished. No. You're not. No. But might it feel yeah. like you're being yeah. put down? Yeah. If other students see it, might they laugh at you or tease yeah. you? Yeah. Might there be a social consequence, a feeling you don't like? And so based on that, what happens is people can come to this idea that making mistakes is bad. Mm. No, making mistakes is part of learning. And if you don't allow yourself to make mistakes, you never actually try things you're not already good at. So first thing, when we make mistakes, own it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second thing, uh, examine it uh, using God's standard, learn from it. Third, be willing to make honest mistakes when your heart and intentions are are well-meaning, but you don't have all the information because you're not God. You're going to do your best. I can see this happening. This happens all the time. Doctors make decisions with all the information they have and even get consults with others and inputs, but sometimes it turns out what the the decision they made didn't really work out best for the patient. Mm -hmm. There's no evil in that. We should not fear making the best decisions, but learning. And what doctors do, they will evaluate and see the the response to the patient, and then they will update their decision-making when they get new information, whether it's helping or not. That's the kind of decision-making God wants from. So use our God-given reasoning abilities with a clear conscience to evaluate facts and evidences and make decisions. One of the problems people have is they are afraid of, of being wrong, so they surrender their mind to some other authority, the teacher, the pastor, the key, the, the rules, the creeds, and they follow the rules, and, and, and they have this false security. Well, e- even if it turns out bad, I'm okay because I just did what the pastor said. Well, even if it turns out bad and it's not the best thing, I won't be to blame because I just followed the rule, and the rule said to do it. Mm-hmm. You see? And so many people avoid maturing in their decision-making because they're afraid of being responsible for the choice, so they surrender it to some other. Stop that. Own yourself, own the governance of yourself, and learn to make decisions in governance of yourself using your abilities and learning from what happens. We mentioned understanding God's design law. That's the standard. Here's a little phrase that people can say in, in real time. It's very helpful in a decision. Am I doing what is right? Right means morally right, and you can also secondarily and much less important, but you can ask it legally right, Mm -hmm. healthy, and reasonable. Hmm. Now, sometimes their intention, it can be legally right to smoke marijuana, but it's not healthy to smoke marijuana. So am I doing what's right, what's healthy, what's reasonable? Some things can be neither right nor wrong. Neither healthy nor unhealthy, but it's not reasonable. A pair of shoes for $3,000 may not be a reasonable purchase. Yes, yes. 
Okay, so you've given us this right, healthy, reasonable guideline. That should take care of a lot of the problems. And I hear you saying that if we make mistakes, we own it and we learn from it. And okay, how do we keep from beating ourselves up if we slip and slide down the road and say, I knew I should have done it and did it anyway? So you have to make a distinction between mistakes and choosing evil. If you've actually done evil, then there has to be repentance. The heart has to repent, and there has to be restoration. If it's simply a mistake, like example, math problem, right. a bad note right. on a piano, right. there's nothing to repent of. There's something just to learn and to practice so that you become more proficient and make less mistakes. Many people make mistakes. How about this one? You make an error in your check registry of your checkbook, a math error, where you accidentally overdraft a check. Mm -hmm. That's a mistake. Yeah. That is not the same thing is purposely writing fraudulent checks. Okay. Okay. Even though both checks bounce. Yeah. One, there is guilt and repentance for writing fraudulent checks. The other, there's no repentance for, there's no guilt. There's only, oh, I made a math error. Ah, what can I learn from that? I'll, I'll use a calculator from now on instead of doing it in my head. Or oh. I'll get overdraft protection at my bank. There you go. All right. Okay. But there's no evil to repent of there, but they look similar in the action and people don't make that distinction. I've had patients come with something exactly like that and they feel guilty for having overdrafted a check just because of a math error, not because of anything fraudulent. Mm -hmm. Well, I hear you calling us to be open and honest with ourselves and to look carefully at our actions and to make sure that there's a difference there between doing something evil or making a mistake. Sometimes evil can make us make mistakes, and sometimes mistakes can lead us to evil, but I see you identifying those two for us. Am I right? They're not the same thing at all. Same evil thing. has to do with the motive and the intention, whereas mistakes are an honest person doing the best they know how can still make mistakes and even can actually injure or harm. The doctors who treated George Washington Washington's pneumonia yeah. bled him and bled leached him. him to get out the evil humors. They were not evil. Their hearts were good. They were trying to save him, but their knowledge of human physiology and what was actually healthy was flawed, and they were applying wrong interventions, which actually harmed, but there was no evil in what they did. All right, very good. Comeandreason.com is the website. Dr. Jennings has been our guest today. A lot of resources there. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it so much. Always enjoy it, Charles. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>